Hey friends, Grey Rock Realty Podcast. This is Ryan Jenkins. Appreciate you tuning in. It is late February and feels like the real estate market is starting to turn on and pick up. Um, our market's pretty active throughout the winter, but at least for my business, January felt pretty slow. Um, and February, it seems like um, everyone's starting to come out of the woodwork. And we are experiencing fresh all-time lows in the number of homes that are active on the market. Um, there's still about the same number of homes that come on the market this time of year compared to the last 10 years. So I think that's, a, that's something that we always help people understand as you hear all this stuff about low inventory levels, but there are still the same number of homes that have been um, coming on the market. It's just that they are not sitting on the market. They're being purchased at um, a record pace and that's due to the number of buyers that are in the market. The sheer volume of buyers is, is like we've never seen. Um, and that really has to do with uh, the number, that's a demographic patch, the number of people that have hit prime home buying age at the same time. So um, late 20s to early 40s, the number of people in that demographic is higher than it's ever been. So we expect at least a couple more years of um, really crazy, you know, double-digit appreciation, and which is going to put our median price well into the 600s within um, a couple years. Right now, we're at about 550 in northern Colorado. So, you know, I want to kind of run through you, with you guys what it looks like for us to start onboarding um, our buyers and sellers, and uh, we might not get through everything today, but that's kind of going to be the next series of the podcast. Is like, what is it? What do those conversations look like? And I want to start with first-time home buyers today, uh, but we're also going to talk about sellers and you know the all the a lot of the apprehension that sellers have with putting their home on the market because they're trying to you know they want to find a place to land. We're going to go through all that. Um, we're going to talk about first-time home buyers. We're going to talk about low down payment buyers, cash buyers, buyers that have big down payments, all that stuff. Uh, it's each uh, our strategies are different for each person. So the first time home buyer, that's where we'll start. That conversation has changed a lot lately because if our clients have 3% down, you know, it, 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 you can buy a house. Technically you're able to get financing for a home if you have um, three and a half percent down, but it's becoming virtually impossible for buyers with 3% down to get anything under contract. Every once in a while, there'll be an exception. Here and there, you might see a property sit on the market for a week or two, or you might find a condo that for whatever reason isn't getting a lot of activity. But generally speaking, um, low down payment buyers, which I would classify as like anything well under 10%, you know, if somebody's putting down five, three to 5%, um, even 10% buyers are struggling a little bit right now. And that's because um, sellers are looking, their number one thing that a seller wants to see is an appraisal gap coverage. And that's kind of realtor lingo for, they wanna see that you can buy the house at the agreed upon contract price, no matter what the house appraises for. And about 20% of our appraisals, so at least one in five, and that might that number might start to accelerate um, this year. One in five appraisals is coming in well below the contract price. That's twenty to thirty thousand dollars. 
sometimes even more, but usually the number we see is 20 to 30,000 underneath the contract price. Sellers want to see that buyers can make up that 20 to 30,000 dollar difference. So if you're coming if you're making an offer and you're saying, "Hey, I'm putting 10 or 15,000 dollars down," that doesn't make the seller feel good as far as, you know, their fee it doesn't make them you know, believe that you're able to bring that additional money to closing. Um, obviously people aren't always just putting down, you know, it's not like they're putting 3% down and they have no additional money. But, um, if you do have additional money, I would put it on paper. I would put it in the contract. Um, or I would show the seller what your, um, bank balances, um, to try to, you know, increase the probability that they're going to accept your offer. So, Essentially, when we're onboarding low down payment buyers, we're saying, look guys, the basically the only way you're gonna be able to get a house under contract is buying new construction, because it's still possible just to walk into a new a, a sales office and put um, a deposit down on a new build and you're not competing and the builder, you know, it will take a low down payment, that is possible. And so for the buyers that are that find a neighborhood that's in their budget um, and in an area that they want, that's an option. Um, but that's typically going to severely limit, you know, what you're looking for, or you know, the areas that you can look for because for, there's not a lot of new construction left in Fort Collins. Most of the new construction outside of Fort Collins, like Severance, Windsor, Greeley, Loveland, um, most of those new neighborhoods are going to be in metro districts and that's kind of a whole can of worms in and of itself so you're going to pay instead of paying 0.6 percent in property tax you're going to pay closer to one percent so you're basically paying double the property tax rate for that house and then some people just aren't into new construction neighborhoods for whatever reason they want a more established neighborhood and so it's not always an option so the other option you have is to find a property off market. Um, this is usually the way that we go. Um, or And that's those are pretty much your two options. The third option would be borrowing money from mom and dad. Obviously, that's not a, an option for everybody. But if possible, borrowing money from your parents in order to supplement your down payment. Now, you may or may not have to actually use that money in order to buy the house, but you need to be able, your parents need to be, or a family member needs to be on board with um, you potentially using that money. Um, and that can get you closer to that um, down payment that a seller is gonna wanna see in order to entertain your offer. So virtually every property that we are showing right now is, is having multiple offers within five days. So in the past, you know, this market's been hot for a long time, but in the past that hasn't been the case. You know, we, we've, we've had a competitive market for a long time now, but there's always been those kind of fringe properties. If, you know, a couple years ago, we could say about 60% of properties were selling competitively. You know, now it's gonna be closer to 90%. And in the, you know, in the lower price ranges, um, that number's gonna be higher. You know, it's gonna be closer to 100%. So we have to operate accordingly. So that's kind of the, the gist of our, our low down payment buyer onboarding is we don't have a lot of options. We're either finding a new construction, we're either finding a property off market, 
or we're asking for help from family members to supplement our down payment. Now, if you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know about our off-market strategy. We identify neighborhoods and then send mail to those sellers and we ask people if they're preparing to sell and if so, let us see the house. And a lot of people, for whatever reason, just don't, they're not ready to put their house on the market or they don't have another house lined up and and they don't want to go on the market because they don't want a hundred people beating down their door trying to buy their house. But they also, you know, they they do want to know that somebody's interested and get a feel for what they might actually buy the house for, but they don't want to put it on the market and feel obligated to sell it right then and there. So when you get a letter from us, a lot of times you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, so-and-so Jack and Jill want to buy our house and they're pre-qualified and they've got a realtor and everything's ready to go let's start talking to them see if you know see how far down the road we get and then maybe this will get us to a place where we can start to shop with the knowledge you know we have a ready willing and able buyer ready to buy our house but we're not like putting it on the market and feeling like we have to sign on the dotted line immediately so it's kind of a testing of the waters and it's been a great way for our sellers to kind of have some peace of mind and sort of get off the fence and start to shop um, without having a thousand people through their house and on all the kind of all that comes with putting your house on the MLS so that has been a great strategy we will you know and that's really kind of the go-to strategy for our buyers if they don't want new construction now what another thing that you need to understand in those situations is that um, our buyers um, don't start out their property search knowing exactly what neighborhood they want to buy in and we don't we can't send mail to every home in northern Colorado we have that mail only works when it's highly focused when we can say hey you're getting this letter because you own a home in this neighborhood that has this number of bedrooms bathrooms and our clients names are Jack and Jill and we that's why you're getting this letter it has to be specific so when we first sit down with a buyer they're like well I don't know what neighborhood to send mail to we haven't seen anything so what we do is just start shopping we go look at homes we go start to identify neighborhoods we look at homes that have sold over the past year and start to identify price ranges and styles and 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 we use that process to start to narrow down a search location to focus on but and, and, and we might make offers, you know, I think sometimes folks like need to see that they have, they need to go through the process of writing an offer, seeing how many offers there are, talk, you know, hearing the feedback from the agents and how many offers and what the actual sale price went for. And they need to go through that process in order to understand what they're up against. You know, I've had buyers in the last couple of weeks that have come to me and they're like, you know they might make an offer on a house and they offered just full price and they didn't get it and they, they're like okay you know they haven't shopped for homes or for six or eight years and they need to see it for themselves like it's one thing to hear it from a realtor it's another thing to actually go through the process make the offers and feel what it feels like to be competing against 
you know, a number of other people. And so we just put them through the paces, you know, um, let's go out there and, and maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe we'll find something that for whatever reason, like your story resonated or it, for whatever reason, it wasn't that competitive. But for the most part, the people that get homes under contract are doing, are, are really being aggressive. And when I say being aggressive, they are, you know, offering a high sale price. They are telling the seller they're going to buy the house no matter what it appraises for. And they're also saying, we're going to do an inspection, but we're not going to ask for a bunch of repairs. Uh, but we still have the right to terminate the contract. Every once in a while, we are seeing buyers that are completely waiving inspection, which means they're still doing an inspection, but they're completely giving up their right to terminate the contract for any reason. So basically they're saying to the seller, if you sign this contract and we know you have 10 offers and those offers are all different kind of price points and some contingencies are waived and some are not. But if you want somebody that's the real deal and will buy this house for sure, sign our contract because if you sign our contract today our five thousand or ten thousand whatever the earnest money amount happens to be that money is non-refundable from day one so if for any reason we don't buy this house you get our five thousand dollars earnest money and it's gone like if like if we don't buy the house you get it if we do buy the house obviously it's credited towards the sale price but you're starting to see cash offers especially people that have a lot of money and are buying in that, you know, we're seeing this a lot in the five, $800,000 and then into the luxury market in those price ranges, especially, you know, people are saying, okay, I don't care. You know, if it needs a new roof, I can handle it. If it, if the furnace is out, I can handle that. We don't have a lot of foundation issues in Northern Colorado. So you're not seeing a lot of like big time, you know, inspection items that would really give people pause and obviously they're not doing this on like really old homes that are in disrepair right they're typically doing this on new properties that have a new roof and a new furnace and you can just walk through and tell man this has really been taken care of those are the kind of properties where people are waiving all their contingencies and again that's not happening very often but there's certain properties that people really fall in love with they know there's going to be 10 offers or more and the people that end up winning those are usually waiving all their contingencies so that the seller has a guaranteed offer in their hand. This is being done on a wide scale in places like Austin. Austin's had a much more competitive market than ours. I used to sell real estate there about 18 years ago and so I still talk to broker friends there and you know that is a market you know you think our market's competitive that market is insane and that's what a lot of people are doing to, in order to compete. You know, the sellers want the sure thing, so people are putting up big time non-refundable money in order to go under contract. So um, that's kind of the so that's kind of the rundown on the lay of the land. Different price ranges are going to function differently. I'm going to have different conversations with you if you're buying at four hundred thousand dollars compared to if you're buying a million. Um, you have different kinds of buyers. You're going to experience different levels of intensity in those bidding wars. And you're going to have to structure your offer differently based on the price range and the property. Um, but I can tell you that I still am having clients come to me and, and they're saying, you know, 
where we come from, we don't pay full price. Where we come from, you know, like for whatever reason, they just don't fully understand what they're up against. And I, and that's okay. Like we need to be patient with those folks. It's hard to just hear this from a realtor and you don't necessarily know how that translates, what it really feels like to buy. And so we'll just start looking, we'll start making offers. You know, usually they, they'll start by making full price offers. They'll see that they, they get beat every single time and then they'll start to understand, okay, I understand what Ryan is saying. We're gonna have to find something off the market or we're gonna have to make a really aggressive offer. And so eventually they get to that point. It might take them two or three offers to get there. Another strategy that we're developing with our buyers right now is working with a company called Accept Inc. And they're out of Denver. It's kind of a startup. Um, they're basically a mortgage lender that makes cash offers on behalf of buyers and then finances the property conventionally after the cash offer is made. So you know, and, and I explain this to people and I think a lot of times like I've got a buyer um, looking at the program right now and they're, you know, they're like, this just sounds like hokey and like it's too good to be true or like there's some sort of catch. And, you know, after doing um, their due diligence and, you know, talking to the reps and reading, you know, there's even like um, a KDVR, like Denver Fox 31 whole, um, like segment on it that they've that they've done and basically what the company does is they're like okay we will make you know we'll get buyers pre-qualified um, and you know see that they have the down payment funds and see that they have the income and then we'll allow them to shop and make offer make cash offers on property and we'll put up the cash so that they can close very quickly they can close in 10 days or 14 days and showed the seller that it's a it's a cash offer now the offer is from this company called accept inc so it's not actually from the buyer because accept inc takes possession of the property and then the buyer finances it and purchases it from accept after um, that cash closing has occurred um, so the buyer deposits earnest money so the you know, 1% earnest money, four or $5,000 or more, whatever it is, is given to Accept Inc. as collateral um, for them making that cash offer. Now, I first heard about this because a buyer on one of my listings used Accept Inc. to win in a competitive situation. I was like, and the, and the agent obviously kind of took um, great pains to explain the, <clears throat> explain the, the company to me and explain the offer and help me understand that it is a real cash offer um, and it is from this company and the buyer will you know take possession of the property after that quick closing and they ultimately ended up winning now the the only issue with this for especially for lower down payment buyers is accepting is only going to lend um, you know, they basically have like a, an algorithm, kind of like a Zillow estimate of what the property is worth. So if people are bidding well over what the property is worth, according to Accept Inc's valuation system, you know, you're not, you're only going to be able to offer that amount. And if you want to offer over that amount, let's say Accept Inc thinks the property is worth 500 
and but bids are at 525 you know if you're not going to be able to offer 525 if you don't have the cash to, to cover that gap <clears throat> so but you know for our higher down payment buyers that do have the cash to cover a gap like that um, or for our lower down payment buyers that just need a little bit of an edge like sometimes in these situations especially if you get a good jump on a property like you're the first one that sees it and you're like hey we want to offer you you know maybe a little bit over list price but but it's a cash offer and we're going to close in 10 days and there's no loan contingency no appraisal contingency here you can get your money in 10 days like that is a game-changing uh, strategy for low down payment buyers because if they keep trying that enough times they're going to get something and even if on our off-market deals um, that's still a compelling um, you know offer to make a seller basically say hey you can close at any time and there's no contingencies I mean we're gonna do an inspection but at this price if it's something within accepting tolerance there will be no appraisal no loan contingency the closing can happen very quickly and then the buyer can finance it in a traditional fashion and take possession three weeks after closing <clears throat> so that's another strategy that we're doing um, and uh, it's you know the I think the the question now if you're a, if you're a loan officer you know if you're a mortgage lender and you're listening to this you're probably thinking well you know there's no free lunch and their rates are gonna be you know more expensive than um, a traditional mortgage broker and that you know that may be the case it may or may not be the case it just depends and we're getting a loan estimate our first loan estimate from them right now um, I'm going to compare that to um, buyers traditional financing but at the end of the day like sometimes buyers need edges like this and if like they're going to have to pay a little bit more on an interest rate like um, the everything that I've heard so far about accepting is that they're a competitive lender and they're not gouging people on fees and interest rates and you know they're just basically saying okay what does the market need and and this is like a venture capitalist funded company this is straight out of silicon valley it's, it was a, a company that was um, funded by y combinator which is a very um, prolific uh, tech startup incubator um, that if you follow Silicon Valley, you've probably heard of them. Um, so that's kind of where this came from. And basically they're like, okay, we want to be big in the mortgage space. What do buyers need? How can we really become, how can we satisfy a need in the market and become, you know, a, a heavy hitting mortgage company that does a ton of deals um, in a short period of time. And this is the strategy that they develop. So we will kind of continue to see how that plays out and, um, kind of keep you posted if we get any updates on you know successes or failures with that company but you know never hurts to have another tool in the toolbox like get get pre-approved with you know a mortgage broker get pre-approved with accepting and then use the tool that fits um, the job you know based on what you're up against and um, and you can you know get loan estimates from the mortgage broker loan estimates from accepting at the same time and compare the fees and the rates and see what you think so um, that's that could be you know a really important um, tool in the toolkit for us so I think that's where we'll end this segment 
right? We're kind of, what we've done is basically said, low down payment buyers can succeed in this market, but they have to take special precautions. They can't just waltz into any house that they see and make it offer and get under contract. Um, they have to plan in advance. They have to decide whether they're gonna buy off market or find something off market. If they are gonna find something off market, they have to do the work, which is getting into properties, driving around, checking out neighborhoods. And in order to, um, to win in those situations, uh, you, you have to, you know, it's, it's gonna take an outside the box strategy. And, you know, to be frank, this is not a strategy that most realtors are employing right now. Um, I think, you know, the, I think a lot of realtors that are just kind of doing the run of the mill um, buyer services are really like literally going to have to start turning away um, buyers that are doing three, five, six, seven, eight percent down payments because it's going to literally be impossible to get them under contract over the next couple years. And if you don't have an off market solution, you know, new construction doesn't work for everybody. If you don't have that solution, you will be incredibly frustrated. You could literally waste months um, and and many, many, many hours of your time and your realtor's time writing all these offers, just hoping that one will stick. And I'm not trying to be like doom and gloom. I'm just trying to tell you what we're seeing that you're just not going to be successful. Um, unless you find an oddball property that is sitting on the market overpriced for whatever reason and you have to ask yourself like is that the way that I want to shop do I want to just only buy the houses that are sitting on the market in the hottest real estate market in the history of our country like I don't think that's how you want to decide which property you're gonna buy so um, please reach out to us if you know you or a friend like if you're thinking about getting in the market another thing that I would mention to you guys is the people that are waiting for this market to correct, um, like like it did in 2008, they are comparing apples to oranges. They are gonna be sorely mistaken. Like, for one, no one can time real estate markets, right? But this market right now is, is it's not a credit bubble. In 2008, anybody could get a mortgage. You could buy 20 investment properties with zero money down if you didn't even have a job. I mean, that's how ridiculous lending restrictions were and that's why the market collapsed. The opposite is true right now. It's hard to get a loan. Everybody that's getting mortgages right now, highly employable. Um, they have you know excellent um, credit profiles. You know, the average buyer has like a 720 credit score and you know has been has a great job. So there's not going to be this big foreclosure crisis. Also, the average American has $200,000, about 50% equity in their property. So you're not going to see a bunch of foreclosures because if people can't make their payments, they're not going to walk away from a $200,000 payday. They're going to put their property on the market. So it's a very different situation. And people that are waiting for the market to correct are going to be waiting years and they are going to lose out on huge amounts of appreciation and mortgage buy down that's going to happen um, over the course of those years waiting for the market to correct a correction that you know is probably going to look more like a flat line than it is you know a big v drop in the graph um, another thing that i think people need to understand is that even though prices seem insanely high right now 
the buying power of the dual income household is incredible. There's how many people do you know where husband and wife both work and you know each spouse works and you know they both they make like 50 or 60 or 70 thousand dollars a piece and they're making a hundred to hundred and forty thousand dollars combined they can borrow up to 45 percent so they can afford you know a five thousand dollar a month house payment and yeah granted like you might be considered house poor at that point i'm not saying that a lot of people making a hundred grand are buying you know nine hundred thousand dollar homes but the banks um lending requirements are basically saying you have the ability to do that so what i'm saying is that buyers can still afford this market you know there's a lot of buyers out there that are not you know I, and i say this knowing that yes there's a lot of people out there that are rolling their eyes and saying i can't afford this market and i sympathize with you and i wish it was a different way but I'm telling you what you're up against, there's a lot of dual income households where this market is relatively easy for them to afford. And so there is a lot of room to run, there's too many buyers, and people say build, 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 let's keep building property, let's build more, we need more new construction. That is not the solution, because if you look at what home, buyer, home builders do, they, when, home sales start to drop you know as interest rates tick up and the home sales tick down a little bit builders pull back their inventory they stop building homes home builders are not the solution to this problem i wish they were but they love what's happening right now they have incredible pricing power you know they're they are able to price those properties um you know and, and and they're making margins they've never made before and when if buyer demand slows down they're not just going to continue to churn out homes and saturate the market with inventory and bring prices down right why would they do that if you look at graphs of of home builder um, starts and graphs of um, you know mortgage applications as those applications start to fall so do um, the builders start so they're you know they're not stupid they're not going to overbuild and so that can't be the solution to this market you know if there is a solution it's it's really going to be the government throwing money at different states saying we're going to incentivize you guys to you know either loosen um, development requirements like do whatever you have to do to encourage development um, and you know that's it, or that or we got to wait 10 years until the baby boomers are moving out of their homes and and that brings you know additional inventory online but how much appreciation is going to happen between now and 10 years from now is um, not something you want to find out um, not owning a home I'll put it that way so um, again please reach out to us and talk through this stuff if you're a buyer and you're hearing all these horror stories you need to be informed, you need to understand what you're up against, but you, you cannot be scared away from participating in this market. We can get you in a home. You do not have to participate in a bidding war. Um, there are other ways. So um, yeah, please reach out. Let us know that you're listening. We really appreciate you guys listening. We get really good feedback from the podcast. It's not like you know, a hundred thousand people listen to our podcast, but the people that do um, give us feedback and we love that. 
and it's really fun to hear from our clients that are, you know, as they're going through the process saying, oh, I remember hearing this in the podcast. So thank you guys so much. Hope you have an awesome day and hopefully we'll talk to you soon.